PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Fuck boy life about to be repealed. That fuck boy shit about to be repealed. Fuck boy G-Hard kill infidel. I'll whack my boom from Mike and L. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 409 of Cinema Crespity. So, isn't that a cleaning product? Yes, Formula 409. Welcome to Formula 409 of Cinema Crespi. So, we are washing your brains right between the ears with our word mouths. Mouth words? Oh boy. Uh-oh. Bruce Cogburn. So, pick, are you, are you going to be picking up the word salad slack here over the next uh, four years? got to be picking. Oh, you know what? Yeah, so, we're, Someone's got to pick up that slack. Where are we going to get all that good word salad <laughs> from? You know who's the best at the word salad was this, that Sarah Palin. Yeah, she, she was really good at the she word She was queen word salad. Yeah. That was truly some remarkable stuff. Will we ever see the likes of that again? Oh, yeah, definitely. Sure, 100%. Sure, yeah. we will. Guys, we're back. How's it going? How you doing, Drew? Doing good, Chris. Feel, feeling a little bit better today. Feeling better th- than I did two days ago. Interesting. When we last talked. I mean, yes, that's true. <laughs> Things have changed quite a bit in the last couple of days, and uh, but we, we'll still. I mean, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, still a couple of months till January twenty. I would not put it past uh, anybody for whatever sort of crazy, stupid bullshit may or may not. Yes, let's see what's happening. Coming through, but. Mm-hmm. Things are looking. They're getting better. Very good. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's not accompanied by the sound of a train whistle. It seems. So. I hope not. Yes. <laughs> at, at least they haven't blown said whistle. If that is, if it is yeah. a train, they haven't blown the whistle okay. yet. Let's blow the whistle, please. Blow the whistle. <laughs> Let us know. We'll see. We shall see. But yes, things are looking a little better, and that is good for us. But meanwhile, uh, also the country, as we get into the winter, experiencing record uh, mm-hmm. COVID rates, yep. et cetera, pandemic yep. is getting yep. worse. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 2020 continues unabated yeah. with its uh, fuckery. Mm-hmm. I mean, Connery died last week, yep. and then uh, some lady from Back to the Future just died. Okay. But she was just, I mean, yeah. Just some lady. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not to be little, but, and she was also 91. Guys, come on. Seriously. I mean, if you make it, if you make it past 85, you're gold. You did it. You, you did it. Congrats. You, exactly. Uh, After that, like, I mean, yeah, it'll be sad when you die, sure. depending on who you are. Yeah, who you are. But it's, it's totally expected at this point you. in time. Yeah, it's totally expected. Look at you, Rush Limbaugh. It's not always going to be sad when people die. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I thought terminal lung cancer was supposed to be like, power. I know, right? Anyway. Maybe he's juicing down them stem cells, too, and just gargling them. That's the thing. The rich, the ultra-rich, no matter what their affiliation is, they all get that access, that sweet, sweet uh, medicine that we don't get. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's the that's the theme of today's show. The haves and the have-nots continue. <laughs> Perhaps. And that'll never change, Chris. That's, that, not, that's just s- not changing. S- since someone came up with the concept of have and mm-hmm. have-not, mm-hmm. it has existed. That's true. It's like, oh, yeah, there are always people that have, and then there are likely uh, also like those who have not. Some dude, like, I, and they both if exist. we were both cavemen, I, w- I would have looked at you, mm-hmm. and then, like, I want whatever that is. That guy has. 
that guy has. I don't, so I'm going to kill you and I'm going to take. And then or I'm, I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to take. And then I'm like... Or I'm going to swindle you and I'm going to take. And then I'm like, what I has, and I can't let him has, because then if he has, then I has not. War. <laughs> cave war. <laughs> Such as the beginning of the first ever cave war. All right, so this is about 35,000 BC, maybe uh, Chris, French mountains. Chris, Bill, start writing. Yeah, cave right. war. Cave war. Oh, isn't that Roland Emmerich's like 10,000 BC or something? Doesn't matter. I, 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 I want Roland Emmerich plus Quentin Tarantino. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, boy. <laughs> Whoa, Adam. Put them together. I want Quentin Tarantino's te- Roland Emmerich's 10,000 BC. That's going to be, uh, okay, but but, it, but it's Cave War. <laughs> yes, but, but, but because it's Quentin Tarantino, we're calling it Cave War. So there's War. saber-toothed tigers, there's uh, world-changing yeah. climate climate yeah. events. I mean, if we can have, like... But it's a Cave War. If we can have, like, dudes wearing other people's skulls as masks, like mammoth riders and shit... I'm fine with that. I want one person to be wearing the skull of a mammoth. No. But it's but it's too big for him. <laughs> so he's like a Pet Boys guy. He's running around his head, flopping all over the place. He's our comedic. Uh, okay. That's yeah, our um, gotcha. comedic relief. Yeah. Can't be fully serious with all these things. We have to show it. Hey, we're, yeah. we're joking about the mm-hmm. cave wars. We know yeah. that it's uh, we're having a good time here. Yeah. Right? Think, think Mad Max Fury Road, yes. 10,000 BC. <laughs> Mad, Mad Max Furry Road. Furry Road. Because it's all yes. like mammoth chases. Uh-huh. And saber tooths. A mammoth chase. Yeah. Are, could, could a war mammoth. Could those things be fast? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I guess in our movie they could be. Yeah. I mean, we can do whatever. The, I mean, we listen. Do whatever the fuck we want. Listen, Chris, if in the last uh, King Arthur movie yes. there were giant <gasps> oh, elephants yeah. with energy pyramids shooting lasers, That's then we right. can do whatever the fuck we want. That's true. They were like black magic elephants. We can do whatever we want with Cave Wars. So sign up for our Patreon. To hear uh, more about Cave Wars. hear more about Cave Wars. New new tier, $20 tier, gets you access to the to the Cave Wars spec script. That we're gonna, right. uh, we'll figure it out. I just dropped <laughs> trash into my keyboard I mean, here and try not to make a mess. Well, okay. W- worst case scenario, you can write it, Bill can uh, draw it, and we'll just release it as a uh, graphic novel. Heck yeah, heck yeah, we co- we co we co write it. He draws it because I'm not much of a drawer. And then cave wars, cave wars, and then it all begins with he has, <laughs> but I has not. Question mark war. <laughs> That's your first three panels. Um, cave wars. And the rest of this episode brought to you by Streamline Mortgage Solutions. Shout out to Streamline Florida. Go to streamlineflorida.com to uh, get started on either refinancing your current loan or getting a new loan. If you're looking to get a home, it's time to get a loan, buddy. And the rates are as low as they've ever been. You can do it online, streamlineflorida.com, or call them 407-898-4477. You can talk directly to Brian's IML if you want to. Just say, hey, can I talk to Brian? And they'll be like, yeah, sure. I mean, they're just, they're just people. They're not robots. It's not automatons. Uh, he's the president who'll help you out. They do conventional loans, jumbo loans, F- FHA loans, VA loans. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Guys, Florida residents, get yourself a loan. If you're not a Florida resident, but you know people in Florida, pass the word along. Tell them, hey, uh, go to Streamline. Get yourself a new uh, a new rate, better payments. Perhaps you're in uh, India. Shouts our new Indian listeners. Drew, we have a bunch of new listeners in India. Cool. Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Uh, Obviously, they're not Florida residents, so they no. can't take advantage of the streamline, but maybe they know people who live here. I wonder if they're aware that one of their beloved Bollywood stars is an ex-American porn star. I'm sure they do. That's why she's so beloved, Ed. F- among some, possibly. Hey, do you know? Do you know? even know who we're talking about, Indian listeners? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, at Gress So, 
just hashtag yes I know or hashtag huh? <laughs> that's how that's okay. how I know. That's how it works. That's how it works, you guys. And yeah, thanks to Streamline for uh, the, uh, the sponsoring the show for the rest of 2020. Drew Cogburn. Chris Crespo. Uh, we really didn't watch any, like, c- c- jointly, we didn't watch any new movies nope. this week. But mm-hmm. uh, did you watch that Mando? Fuck yeah. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty good one. The Passenger. Yeah. It's a fun episode. Fucking Baby Yoda apparently just enjoys eating life forms. Doesn't care what they are. As, as far as he was concerned, he saw a jar <laughs> of pick of eggs and he was like, yeah. mine. Yeah, he saw pickled eggs. So I, 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 I guess just, they were warm, actually, weren't they? I just want to know how many potential beings he just wiped out of existence by ten. doing that. At least 10. Well then, but then how many could they have potentially had in their uh, lifetime? So on and so forth. The generations he's yeah. wiped out. Yeah. That's why they say uh you know when you, you're not supposed to be spilling your seed upon mm-hmm. the earth because yeah. so it's, it's not yeah. just that baby, but that baby's baby. I mean that ba- Yoda baby's supposed to be one with the force. You would think he would be like, Mm-mm. you know, too young, still baby, still <laughs> delicious, <laughs> still dumb baby who just uh, murder monster. When they do it, he cut, eats. Yeah. I've seen him eat a frog. I've seen yeah. him eat uh, eggs of another sentient species, yeah. and then and then uh, open up ba- an egg. baby spiders. Yeah, open up an egg and just straight up eat the baby spider as it's born, freshly born, freshly born babies. That's snow that, spider. That's when they talk about that uh, post birth abortion. That's what Yoda did. Yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, that was late term. Yeah, that was late, late <laughs> that was the final term. Like these late these legs are kicking. Hom, 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 hom. <laughs> Yeah, Baby Yoda's a monster. It'd be he fun is. if the final twist of the show is that, uh, oh, Baby Yoda the whole time, uh, evil. I'm totally okay with Super that. Super cute now, but yeah, 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 like in another 50 years, it's like the, the Palpatine version of uh, yeah. whatever Yoda. What, have they ever? The only thing we... Still don't know we, the name we, of the species. We, uh, I mean, I'm sure some Star Wars geek does, George, George but I Lucas do not. Does. Yeah, he knows. Maybe Dave Filoni does. It was Speaking, speaking of Dave Filoni, he was uh, one of the pilots. Shooting the shooting the lasers. I was the other didn't notice. Yeah, he, he he was the young guy, not the old one. He good, he good was the him. one who didn't say a word the yeah, whole time because he can't act. Yeah, that was different. But he got but he got himself in it. The only reason I know is because of all the making of that I watched we, last year. I know what that. his face looks like yeah, now. So when sense. I saw him, like I was like, "You motherfucker!" That makes sense. <laughs> uh, last week's episode directed by John Favreau. This week's Peyton Reed, guy who did the he's on the Ant Man movies, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, there you go, that, that Disney relationship. Just Disney like the Marvel, Marvel guys, they yeah. just slide them on over to the next big thing. Hey, you want to play with this toy? And then the next time you make a movie, you can use you this can, toy. You know, and then, man, for Ant-Man, that's going to work <laughs> out great. That's going to work out great for the next Ant-Man, which should feature Jonathan Majors as Karg, Kring, Krang. Krang? But not Krang. Krag? Kr- no, I think it is Kang. Kang. Thank you Kang, very much. Kang, Kang. Kang the Conqueror. Uh, time traveling. The episode was really good, and then again, I'm watching this, looking at that back, the volume. Be like, man, the, every time it, 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 it looks works. like the air outside. <laughs> every it's, time, it's uh, stunning. It's stunning how well it made the show is well written. It's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the journey already. Just two episodes, and it helps. That I mean, the first time around, you're like, sell me on this. Yeah. 
Now the second time and around, now, now your like, expectations are high. Now it's just like, give me more. Just yeah. give me more. Whatever it is, I want more. It's like, you guys are doing it. You're doing it. Yes, they're doing it. Look at them. You're doing it. I'm just here fucking, I'm fist pumping. I'm high-fiving my brother over and over. We're like, yeah, we're doing high tens. This is great. Well, no, exactly. We're enjoying the show so I mean, much. when season two, episode one started, and it's like, Boba Fett, it's like, so we got Boba Fett's armor, yeah. and <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is wearing it. What in the fuck? This is like the greatest show in the world. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then it continues from there. <laughs> it gets better. It gets better and more entertaining from there. It's great. Super entertaining. Uh, perfect timing also for it to be coming out because that yearly Disney Plus subscription renewal notice came through. You know what? I'm not so sure. Okay, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> like, here's Mandalorian. Yes. yes. So spend money. Here take, here, take my money. I have to watch it. Take my monies. Uh, Mulan being released here pretty soon. So I'm yeah. finally, uh, well, actually, there, there, is, there are a couple movies coming out next week. Uh, at the Redbox, at least, I know, because I mm-hmm. watched a movie in the Redbox this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Bill and Ted comes out on the Redbox, I think, next Friday. Okay, so it's becoming available on easier VOD. And uh, also, no uh, New Mutants. <laughs> I'm looking for I want to watch this fucking piece of shit movie <laughs> oh my god I can't wait nobody has seen it and I know there is a <laughs> nobody tiny has seen it. there is a tiny purple dragon in this movie that nobody is talking about it's an interdimensional <laughs> super smart dragon his name's Lockheed and he's in the fucking movie I saw him in the goddamn trailer and no one's talking and about him no one said a goddamn word about it no one's talking about him no one's talking about the demon bear no one's talking about nothing that happens in this movie because everyone's just being like let's pretend this whole debacle. I mean, it. I'm sure the movie is a piece of shit, but there, but there, how, there are going Why? to be there. There has to be at Gotta least see. one redeeming quality to the movie, mm-hmm. or it never would have gotten finished to begin with. You would think so, right? It would just been buried like yeah. uh, in the ET e- Atari yeah, game. Exactly. Just like you know what, we're done. We're not doing this. We're just, right. it's over. We got. It. We're gonna. We're gonna find out soon. I'm I guess. Forward. I guess. Uh, look very uh, soon. Very shortly. Okay, to our next couple. Of weeks. I mean, yeah. wor- worst case scenario, I'll spend the dollar fifty to get at the red box. Yeah, that's mega cheap. Okay, it's coming soon, guys. Our new mutants review right around the corner, as well as uh, Bill and Ted face music. Much better reviews, fortunately, and uh, Mulan a little more controversial, but still, that's what you have to look forward to on Crespity. So, media dads, continue with them. Drew, Fargo. Uh huh. So I caught up. So I watched season, uh, episode six and then seven. Seven. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah. a lot. Of, a lot of stuffs happening really fast. All doom, of a sudden, doom, 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 doom. And there's still four episodes to go, which makes sense. Yeah. The way th- as fast as things are moving at this point, yes. At this point in time, like I can totally see us getting to a conclusion in four episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who's going to be left standing at the end of four episodes is the real question. Yeah. Uh, and I want to know if these ghosts are real. Mm. <laughs> it's like last season of some Parker. It was like stuff, 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 stuff. Yeah. Aliens. No, that, was, and, that was two seasons ago. Yes, and, but yes. And they don't say anything. And this one, it's like stuff, 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 stuff. Like, wait, Ghost? Like a ghost? <laughs> or just a memory? What's going on? So, uh, probably be just unexplained weirdness. I'm totally okay with that. I like how episode six was a lot of heads because you know it's uh, it's a f- it's called Fargo, but it's really like a Coen Brothers um, like homage show. Yeah. So there's it's, it's homages Noah, to everything. It's, it's Noah Holly going. I love the Coens. I love the Coens so much. I'm going. Yeah, how much <laughs> can we like steal from them? 
So episode six, uh, which was like that cop, uh, PTSD cop getting like harassed and, and pinballed back and no. forth around town. Uh, it starts with him like a dude jumping him from his bathroom and trying to choke him out on the floor. And it was straight up no country for old men was yeah. the shot of like Anton killing the cop. <laughs> and then like very shortly thereafter, someone else, I think it was Gaetano, when they're raiding the house, the girls are raiding the house and Gaetano's in the room with the knife and he's like loading his gun and he looks at the door and just sees like feet the shadow and it's quiet and that's also like Josh Brolin in the in the hotel room it's like man this guy loves the Coen Brothers so much uh I enjoy I'm enjoying it it's good it took a little bit for me to get into first few episodes I gotta say but now I'm no, like, going, now I'm like, all right, here we go. It's I'm into it. I want to see where we're going with this show. I'm into it more than I was the last season. The you and McGregor. Season. Yeah, yeah, that season seemed weak for whatever yeah, reason, for, which is a bummer, right? Because it was like well cast yeah. and it looked good. Like I mean, it's still like a Fargo season. It just I think the first one's still the best. Yeah, the Billy Bob Martin Freeman one. Mm-hmm. I think that's still the best one. Um. Okay, so we have to talk about that, and I talk about this. Uh, speaking of TV, man, how far did I get last night? I think we got to seven. Um, started watching Mr. Mercedes, or as Brendan Gleeson calls it, Mr. Mercedes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Mercedes is a Stephen King adaptation, and there are three whole ass seasons of it. Okay. Started in twenty. 20- 17, 2016, 2017. And what service is this on? Aha, now <laughs> it's on Peacock. Okay. So now it's a Peacock yeah. exclusive. Ah. But where did they get it from? Where where has it been hiding all these Some years? Some sort of BBC something probably? No, even more like what? The Audience Network. Qua? Exactly. We got to keep drilling down <laughs> on this one. The Audience Network, Drew, was a direct TV oh, channel. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then AT&T bought direct yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. So they became part of ATTU-verse. Um, and then it got shut down like early 2020. Gotcha. In its entirety. So uh, it got picked up. It got bought by Peacock. They have seasons one and two now. Season three has been made and aired, I think, on Audience. I don't know why they don't have it on Peacock just yet. So I started watching it. It's a Stephen King show. Brendan Gleeson is, and it's a based on a series of books. There's at least three of them based on this character called Will Hodges, who's a retired cop turned private eye. So it's Brendan Gleeson, and I don't know if he's Irish in the books, but they, they ain't trying to make him American in the show. Like he's in a small town in in Maine somewhere, but he's like, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch this Mister Mercedes. I'm gonna get the bastard. He's so Irish, and I think it's great because fucking yeah. I love this guy as an actor. American accent has never been his. You remember Lake Placid? Yeah. Like go back rewatch that. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff. I'm I'm the upstate New York sheriff yeah. from this town. Mm-hmm. Like no, you're not, Brendan. You're he wants to be. You're a big old Irish dude. So uh, the the. The show is about, it's a cat and mouse game. Mr. Mercedes is a bad guy. He is a criminal, local criminal dude. Not a criminal, serial killer. Who The show starts with him killing a whole bunch of people um, in a very effective way. I mean effective, like they establish a bunch of characters really well in a short amount of time. And then they kill them all. All of them. And, then, and they're like, whoa. And then, uh, then Brendan Gleeson shows up with this dude who is in a whole bunch of uh, commercials and stuff. This guy, this black guy who, it's like... You've been seeing him for years, but he's never really had his own show or anything. But he's uh, like his ex partner in the show, and he's really good. And 
then the whole show is they also let you know right away. Like, and then this is the bad guy. And then the bad guy gets all his own storyline living with his mom and all this stuff. So you find out what makes the bad guy tick. And it's, uh, it's very, it's very good. It's very good. Awesome. It's, a good it's a good cast. I'm really enjoying it. I highly recommend it. Mr. Mercedes. Uh, yeah. Mr. Mercedes on Peacock. If anyone can, uh, if What's you have up? access Mr. to Mr. Mercedes, Mr. Mercedes, because every episode it does the previously on and it's him previously saying, on Mr. Mercedes. So I have, my, I have a chance <laughs> every episode to like, listen and repeat because previously I'm Mr. Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, they do this interest. It's a David E. Kelly show. David <coughs> David E. Kelly, um, uh, Ally McBeal, okay, is how he got popular. Gotcha. Like, he really blew up in the nineties. He also, speaking of Brennan Gleeson, he wrote Lake Placid, which mm. is interesting. Bring it all together. And he has that show on HBO, the miniseries with Nicole Kidman, The Undoing. Oh, that just came out. Yeah, that just came out. That's also him. Uh, so he's a prolific dude all these years. Mm-hmm. And. The intro is interesting because he plays a guy who's like he, at the beginning of the show he he has to investigate this horrible murder and that's what re- retires him. He's like I've had enough of this stuff. I've seen some bad stuff, and every intro during the credits is him waking up and like waking up using the bathroom, like taking a piss, fixing his hair, putting on clothes, making breakfast. But for the first couple episodes, he's a wreck and it's really bad. His hair is a mess and it's, it's kind of the same thing, but then like the third or fourth episode, he has got a little more of a pep in a stab and he's wearing different clothes. And like then as the season progresses, the intro is the same, but changes to reflect like how the his progression mood. of the show and yeah. his mood and everything that's happening. Um, it's an interesting device that I don't know if I've seen before. At least employed that way. Mr. Mercedes is some good stuff there. I watched... Uh, okay, here's some movies that I watched this week. Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Where did you watch this? I rented it. Oh, okay. Yeah. How much did you pay for it? It's like three bucks. Where? Amazon. <laughs> Any other questions? <laughs> it's just, yeah, just rented. I rented it. Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I will tell you, this thing is surprisingly good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Dude, so, uh, some of those uh, DC animated movies are quite good. They're good. They know what they're doing. Um, it's Warner Brothers Animation. So the animation itself is fine. It's based on, apparently, it says at the very end, um, or did I look it up? A six-issue. There was a crossover. Crossover, yeah. and I think they—I think they've crossed over multiple times over the years. Anyway, so they picked a very specific six-issue run, and it worked great. It's weird how well it works. Um, Shredder versus Batman is great. He—he mm-hmm. he, he makes a great Batman villain, uh, and it's weird also how some. Batman villains like the Penguin and whatnot. Well, these are, they work well with the turtles. They kind of <laughs> almost work better as turtle <laughs> villains, and they have this great gimmick where they use the ooze. They bring the ooze to Gotham to turn villains into like mutated villains. So um, the penguin can actually become a penguin. Yes. Which did they do that one? <laughs> That's the one they didn't do, Drusa Kyburn. That's so funny. But they uh, did. They I can't recall. They the, the whole Rogues Gallery. They transformed them all. Um, and it's very satisfying. <laughs> like, all of it's really, yeah. like, wow, this is really cool. Um, and then they even did the thing where the, uh, at the end of the credits, the, well, we have the character tease. Like, here's the character that we'll do in a sequel. You know, like the dream sequel if we ever get to do it. And it was, like, the one one time ever, Drew, that I watched a movie. And it gives you that end credits tease of this will be the sequel. And I was like, yes, that's I want that. Now I want to see that happen. It's a great idea. And I don't want to give it away because I think it would be really fun for people to see it for the first time. If they're into, obviously, 
Batman and Turtles. Batman and Turtles. Which is like, <laughs> trust me, guys, it's weird how well it works. And it's also, so it's um, modern Batman. So it's um, Damien is okay. Robin yeah. living with him. And, uh, but also uh, Barbara, Ger- Barbara Gordon is Batgirl. Ah, uh, so, okay. So she so hasn't pre, become Oracle yet. Pre-Oracle. She mentions yeah. Oracle. She's like, I got this computer program, Oracle. Yeah, t- too bad. What you don't know is you're going to become paralyzed and be sitting in a chair in front of that screen for the rest of your life. What you don't know is you got a date with a bullet. Your spine has a date with a bullet, specifically. Poor lady. Uh, yeah, that was enjoyable as hell. I, it, it, it works as a Batman movie and as a, a Turtles movie. And also PG-13. Yeah, so better. Um, surprisingly violent at yeah. times. Uh, who was it? A turtle cracks someone on the face. I think one of the penguins goons um, knees him in the face, and it's like a slow motion close up of blood like exploding and like a tooth falling out. Yeah, from out of this guy's <laughs> face. I I'll, might as well. Was there a tooth? It could have been. Uh, and then, um, yeah, there's like surprising amount of blood and I'm trying to give some stuff away. The the Batman Shredder fight. I was like, this is satisfying. <laughs> this is good. This is weird. It was really weird. I have never seen the 1958 The Blob. Oh, really? Really. Never seen it. It was on HBO Max. I'm like, let's see what this is all about. You know what the blob is all about? Mm-hmm. Teenage car culture. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's it's 100% just a wave of... And a blob. Oh, I mean the blob, yeah. yeah but it's all about how it's the 50s, so teenagers are, are like a recent invention, no. <laughs> right? It used to be your kid, your kid, you're an adult now. Uh, go go work in the mines or something. Uh, then they, this whole teenage thing happened. Where it's actually the transitionary period, and you go to the hump, and you drink some shakes, and you dr- drive around. So this movie is hundred percent like, look at these teenagers hanging out, going to the. I'm going to the midnight spook show, the yeah. the movie that the late night movie, and uh, racing car racing backwards in the middle of the street. It's Steve McQueen. 29 years old, 30 years old, playing a teenager. Yeah. Uh, like, gee golly, dad, like straight up well, playing, yeah, but a, playing sh- as a kid. But, but I'm sure clean shaven and with, uh, you know, the black and white shit, he probably looks like a teenager. Well, it was, it's in color. Okay. And still, even watching yeah. it, I'm like, this guy, none of them, they all look like. Old teenagers. They all look like <laughs> they're in, in, in the at least mid-20s. You know, these should be college kids. Yeah, 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 exactly. They should be. If they were college kids, then I wouldn't even have batted an eye. But yeah. they're 100% teens uh but it's a it's a fun interesting movie my favorite shot is one shot of a dude a doctor who gets the blob on him and it's like the only shot in the movie at all that could be considered unsettling or crazy well actually there's another one with like some hand stuff but you get a quick shot of him in a window like like the blinds and he's trying to like he's like fighting something and he has like a blob on him and it's really quick and it looks good the rest of it is like stop motion mm-hmm. guava paste like moving around and you can see the fingerprints uh, and I love that stuff it's a lot of fun it's, a, it's an enjoyable quick movie that I watched on HBO it was like it's like on the TCM channel yeah. via HBO is how I watched it and then most recently I watched Dumb colon the story of Big Brother Magazine it's on one of my lists it's, it's good it's good. It's Hulu. It's quick. It's over an hour. Uh, mostly talking heads, but obviously a lot of footage. Um, going over the history of the magazine, the Big Brother videos, and how like Jackass was the more popular spinoff of that. And uh, CKY was the uh, the ripoff version that they just felt like, yeah, we'll just embrace them and work together. Yeah. And it was really good. It was very enjoyable. It's also like, I think it's uh, 
how far you were into that culture and that kind of stuff, you'll find a documentary enjoyable. Exactly. Yeah. If you were a skater kid or hung out with skater yeah. kids or this, that, the other. Or remember watching those videos yeah. or someone like I remember uh, college 2000. Someone be like, have you seen CKY 2K? I'm like, what is what? this? <laughs> and it opens the doors, everything. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no. okay. So this is just a this is just a skate video with kids hurting themselves too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, gotcha. With, with kids punching each other. Uh, oh, and they also went to Iceland. Cool, yeah. It's yeah, it's a whole world of shit that I had no idea existed, and been, had been at that point over a decade strong. That yeah. culture had been going, and this documentary does a good job of talking to all those people. It does. They do talk to Gavin McGinnis for some reason. He's the co-founder of uh, Vice Media, and also the founder of the Proud Boys. And he sucks. <laughs> yep. So I don't know why. And then it's not like he had any direct involvement with these guys. They were just talking to him about media in general. Well, he probably came up at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is contemporary in some ways, but so it's just like, why? Why, have why, why are we talking to this fucking shithead? Uh, but they talk to everyone else, and it's good. Bam Majera's there looking like shit. Poor guy, but uh, hey, he's rich as fuck. Giant Knoxville talks to all of them. It was, it was good. That's on Hulu. And that's it for my media diaphragm. We also did some reading and stuff like that, but I'll save that for another time. Okay. All right. What do you get? Uh, so I kind of watched something kind of, of of like that Big Brother type thing. Uh, the Image Revolution. Uh, on Amazon Prime. Okay. It's about uh, the up-and-coming and the start and the subsequent success of Image Comics. Oh, How interesting. How Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Mark Silvestri, and Eric Larson left the big guys mm-hmm. to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And how some of them did... Some some people did something some ways, some people did others other ways, but it's you know it was the birth of the modern... Independent comic movement. That's interesting. Uh, how recently was this produced? 2016. Okay, the, the the Big Brother one was done about 2017. Yeah, yeah. Then around the same time. And you said this is on Amazon Prime? Yes. Totally worth watching. Right, um, it, it's good. Uh, I mean, especially if you were a 90s comic kid like me. I mean, these were... Those, those were the big names. Yeah, sure. Like, these were... Like, Jim Lee drew my childhood. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so. Lifefield was his name. He did a... Yeah. He created Deadpool. That's like mm-hmm. his... Uh, yeah. His baby and all that stuff. Yeah. Todd McFarlane with Spawn. Fucking Spawn, man. Those some huge names. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's funny. After they left, within 90 days, uh, they killed Superman and broke Batman's back. In, uh, they in did? DC comic. Yeah. The, oh. The industry. Yeah. To get... Because all of their top... Artists just left. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everyone was following them. It was like the start of like the creator content movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after everybody left, within ninety days of all them leaving and starting Image Comics, DC broke Batman's back and killed Superman. So they could start over with uh, so, so other they, people. So they could get some buzz around something that they were doing. It worked because people that that shit made the news, you know, yeah. they were like, especially Superman dying. Like Superman yeah. they reported like like you see it in the movies. So yeah that, Superman dead question mark. That that's image comics for you. Image comics killed Superman. That's fun. That that, that that's a fun uh, ripple effect. It is thing that you find out later after the fact. When you're just a consumer you don't know how some of these things work. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh and how long is it like an hour and a half? Uh, eighty four minutes. Nice. But they cram a lot nice. of information into it. Yeah, it's a documentary. So. It's just talking heads. You can easily do that. You don't have to spend a few minutes of like um <laughs> showing so showing someone's emotions. They no. can just sit there and tell you that sucked or that rocked. It's exactly. much more yeah. efficient getting it mm-hmm. out. Oh, well, that has my interest. Right. Uh, also on Amazon Prime, this one's 92 minutes and from 2019, mm-hmm. but it's called Eye of the Beholder, colon, 
the art of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I thought you were going to say it was uh, like the making of Master... No, um, Injustice for All. Nope. So it's just uh, it's a 92-minute documentary about the art of Dungeons and Dragons and how this weird little dice game company basically invented an entire genre of art. Like, yeah. without... Before Dungeons and Dragons, fantasy art didn't exist. Oh, really? It, it wasn't anywhere. Nobody was doing it. There no was, no there one was, was doing the... There was, the it's, um, it's not that they... As far as it went was like, you know, one small book cover for like J.R.R. Tolkien yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. But other than that, like fantasy art wasn't as prevalent or anywhere near as popular as it is today. Interesting. So it's about the art specifically? Yeah, it's specifically about the art of Dungeons and Dragons. It has oh, nothing, wow. it's very little to do with, with the, the game. game. It's about the art. The artists, all the the dragons, the all monsters. Of all of it. The, the, uh, the big tableaus yep. of countrysides mm-hmm. and battles and stuff. Yeah. That's fascinating. And it goes into all the artists and how they worked and who did what and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, how, and, like, it's funny. Like, if you're into, you know, like, RPGs like I am mm-hmm. or and you're into art like I am, you, you've seen... Uh, mo- you have most of the art that was shown in this documentary. Mm-hmm. I have actually seen at one point in time. D- don't know where, don't know when, don't know how. But it's like, oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, that's done by this guy. Oh, hey, 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 hey. So, so it's filling a lot of gaps for you there. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And that's also on Prime. Yes, it was very interesting. I, I enjoyed it. What was the full title? Eye of the Beholder: Colon The Art of Dungeons and Dragons. Art of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, excellent. Uh, on Tubi. Yes. I watched Superman colon Doomsday. <laughs> so right. this is the Warner Brothers animation version of the Doomsday story. Uh, of it, how much of it? It's messed up. It is not good at all. It, it's, <laughs> okay. So in, in this one, Lex Luthor awakens Doomsday. Uh, then right. Superman dies. He's resurrected. Okay. And they only do one of the new Superman, and it's the Luthor clone. The Luther clone, yeah, not the, the Superman clone, not the yeah the clone, but not the um the uh, the robot space no, robot no, guy who was not, like someone getting revenge, not the Kryptonian space robot, no. Yeah, because he was like, I used to be an astronaut, but now I'm getting my revenge because I meld with all this Kryptonian technology. That I think that was awesome the, with the robot eye, with the Terminator mm-hmm. eye. But then there's then there's the Superman clone. That was in his, like, Fortress of Solitude thing that they woke up. Well, no, exactly. They're, they're, it's th- kind of that one. Interesting. Because it's not the Superboy Superman clone. Yes, which is the one that... he was a clone, but a young clone. Yeah, he was still being grown, yeah. essentially. And then, of course, there's uh, Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. yeah. So, so Shaquille O'Neal is not in this no. one. That's a bummer. That's a lost opportunity. Yeah, and it was not a very good version of the Superman <laughs> Doomsday story. I do not recommend so it. So then he comes back. So him and Doomsday just kill each other in the battle, and then he comes back to defeat the... The fake, essentially Superman, the yeah. clone Superman, mm-hmm. that's really working for Lex the whole time. Yeah. So it's all a Lex ploy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the simplified, dumbed down version. Yes. That sounds like a bummer. It was. Was the animation okay? No. <laughs> DC, y'all done fucked up. Why are you doing so that shit? Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. That's true. That's true. Now, I mean, if you're trying to do, you can't just turn that story. That's why I was asking you how much of a story they're telling yeah. you because. They condensed it like a motherfucker. Yeah, that's too much story. What into they an, have written to, into an hour and seventeen minutes. That's not even. No, that's barely. Mm. Speaking of bad movies, oh yes, on Redbox, I rented the Jessica Chastain action movie Ava. You know what? 
I knew this one couldn't be good because ain't no one talking about it. So no one seems to care. So this is what I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. Jessica Chastain yes. is an assassin with a conscience. Okay. Okay. Com- Common is her ex-boyfriend and her sister's current boyfriend. So Ooh, love triangle. Uh, Colin Farrell's the big bad guy. He's just kind of like okay. the one running. Yeah, sure. Okay. Gina Davis is uh, Jessica Chastain's mom. So there's that family drama there. Uh, Gina Davis sighting. Yeah. That's cool. Is Colin Farrell back to Colin Farrell? Is he doing the Irish accent? Or no. is he, so he's talking the yeah. hard American mm-hmm. thing. I prefer the Irish accent. And John, John Malkovich is Jessica Chastain's handler. Okay, so so far all these things uh, sound good to me. Uh, but with digital muzzle flares, uh, uh, digital explosions, digital it. blood, damn poor it. writing, editing, and action. Now, see, the poor writing, it's an action movie. I don't give a shit about the writing. I want an action movie. But it's half action, half family drama. So the writing is kind of important. See, that's not when you, that's when you write yourself into a corner. You want to try to have some gravitas in your action movie. Better know what you're fucking doing. And then if your action side, it sounds all digital and fuck, like fuck. No. Nah. What the fuck? And it was 19% on Rotten Tomatoes for a reason. <laughs> Did you look that up afterwards? Yep. <laughs> That's low. Hey, d- $1.50 at the red box killed an hour and a half. Hey, there you go. And now, and I don't recommend anybody else killing an hour and a half that way. So not only so it's consumer reporting, Drew's doing you guys a favor, he's sparing you the time. And also, not only did you kill an hour and a half, but you also successfully filled, I'd say, two minutes of show. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, on speaking of Disney Plus, yes, on the National Geographic portion, yes, I watched a bunch of stuff, all ranging between forty-five minutes and an hour, like uh, just rando docs, yeah, like, like, that kind of thing. Like what? What are we watching? Oh, uh, so one, I'll, I'll just write rando Nat Geos. Na, one of them was uh, but so Lost on Everest. This is basically uh, this is a guy who's uh, so apparently the first two people to climb Mount Everest. Okay. It's disputed whether they made it to the top or not, okay. because they were sighted at one point before the peak, mm-hmm. and then never sighted again, and they both died. So they don't know if um. they were sighted on their way up to the peak, mm-hmm. or on their way back from the peak. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't find their bodies anyway, so it doesn't matter. So what's his name, Lord Alfred Buttersworth or something? Yeah, like whatever, that? yeah. They, they, fa- they found one of the guys a couple years ago. They were looking for the other one. Yeah. Didn't find Some them. sort of English, English name, yeah. Englishman. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the bodies can be preserved up there. No, well, and with global warming now, more bodies are being shown. Because uh, yeah. Yeah, they're being defrosted. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, All right. That was fun. That was cool. Uh, was cool. Another. Uh, this is a three-part series called Ancient China from Above. Okay. Uh, and it's basically them using the new uh, LiDAR yep. stuff mm-hmm. on China. And then... Uh, all the weird, crazy bullshit they found. Revealing everything that's under, like, forest canopies and underground and stuff like that. Old structures and things. I, I guess really old outlines of structures. Exactly. You know, t- talking stuff from, like, you know, 10,000 B.C. Like, the another cradle of civilization. Yeah, like old cities. No. Yeah, that's always interesting. It is. It's, it's a fun reminder of how uh, impermanent your situation is, no matter... No matter who you are, what you are, when you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Chances are you're going to die. Chances are <laughs> someone's going to find your remains via LIDAR 10,000 years from now. Speaking of people's remains. <laughs> and they'll be like, we think someone exists here. We're not sure. Uh, also watched, it's called Pompeii, colon, Secrets of the Dead. Okay. What, uh, what, 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 how, Pompeii is like one of the most popular old 
like cities, old destruction so, stories, right? So, so what new can we be learning? Okay, well here's the thing. So from about uh, Pompeii stuff. So now they're going into the plaster casts that were made okay. with X-ray machines okay. to find out if there are actually bones inside these casts, mm-hmm. this, that, the other, okay. and then what information we could find from said bones because nowadays. You know, there are anatomy people who can look at a bone and be like, uh, that was a male age 45 yeah, and true. he probably suffered from this disease. Yeah, they can like look at a, a part of a femur and be like, this is a woman age 22 who uh, got blunt force trauma to the head. Exactly. Like, That's just a foot bone. Yes. Yes, so, I know. I so, can tell from the stress fractures. So they did all that to this set of, of plaster casts mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, when they were found... The guy made up a story, said it was this, this, and this, yeah. and they basically debunked the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what happened at the end of it. No, wrong. Right. None of this happened. And we'll, we'll never know. That's funny. Yeah, because it's like how often? I guess yeah. yeah, you have to get even more specific. And they, but how much more can you learn about Pompeii at this point? They may or may not have found the first archaeological evidence of malaria. Interesting. Because apparently it does something with bone growth. Yeah, and one of the. Uh, one person had that type of weird bone growth from suffering from malaria over a certain amount of time. So, uh, where was Pompeii again? Is that uh, Mediterranean? Mm-hmm. I guess that could be malaria because need to, it's got to be somewhere where it's uh, uh, insects, right? So that's what usually usually spreads the yeah. the malarial. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Pompeii, you say? So, yeah. And that was a three-part series uh, no, on that, bones. No, that no, was the other one. That yeah, was the ancient China, ancient China one. Of those three-part yeah. series. Okay. Uh, also oh, watched. Say, that's a lot of parts on bones, man. Called Lost Temple of the Inca, uh, and it's a story about this. Uh, there's a conservationist in Peru okay. who, uh, while he was trying to protect uh, like a watershed site, yes, he found uh, an ancient Incan stuff. So now. That watershed is protected because now it's a archaeological site. Hey, there we go. So he found a way to do his ecological converse, conservation mm-hmm. through another way. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. You want to preserve an area? Just find the old Inca stuff underneath it. Exactly. You force the government's hand. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll preserve this area now since it's historically significant. Yep. So that was fun. Uh, Inca. That's uh, Peru. You said right. Mm-hmm. Peru. Okay. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to remember all this stuff for when I play. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego later? Uh, that always comes up. Inca Maya. Also watched one called Cradle of the Gods. About uh, Egypt? Uh, no. It's it, it's Greece. about the dawn of civilization and everybody. The the going theory is that people settled down to do agriculture mm. and then religion came from that. Okay. So everyone yeah. got together because of agriculture yeah. and then religion spawned. From the and, gatherings. And from the uh, uh, the research that they've done, these people think it was the other way around. Mm. They think actually people got together for religion mm. and then through that coming together, we decided to settle down and start agriculture and domestication of animals and things of that nature. Communities and whatnot. Yeah. So which came first, the, the chicken it, or the egg? Exactly. But it's with uh, agriculture. agriculture and religion. Interesting. And did it come to a conclusion or nah. is it just all up in the air? Like, it, who knows? Since we weren't there, we'll never know. But now we have an alternate theory and it's plausible. Interesting. It's possible that chicken fucked itself. Yeah. And had its own egg. Exactly. And then the egg cracked open and there's a little Jesus Christ inside. Yep. And he was like, White American Jesus. Little white American Jesus. Yep. Like, 
Because it's a bird. So yep. making squeaky noises. Uh, another one called Lost Tomb of Alexander the Great. Uh, was this tomb lost? So, a long time ago. Is that a thing that happened? Yeah. Yeah, the tomb of Alexander the Great has never been found. What? Uh, so there's a lady in Alexandria who has found the royal quarter where basically the, the district mm. of ancient Alexandria where his tomb should be. Mm. She's basically found like the outer edge. The problem is it's like, you know, 10 meters down and the water table has risen. So uh, things are big fat pain in the ass for her to excavate yeah but she, there's a lot of water but she's trying to get down there to, yeah. to well it, she's found ancient she found alexander she's found the original bedrock she's found the original causeway and one building in the district so she knows where she is yeah only problem is where she thinks alexander's tomb is it's like underneath a hotel right now so yeah it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a four seasons just knock it down look it's more important that we get to the alexander the greats i mean come on he's he's 33 years old Something when he like died, that, yeah. right? Lage du Christ is when he passed. Uh, sickness, illness. Yeah, I believe so. Right? Yeah, man. He conquered the world and then died at the age of thirty-three. Well, back then thirty-three was uh, sixty-five. So right, that's right. And now sixty-five is the new twenty-one. And then, but last... twenty-one is the new twenty-five because you're aging faster as well. Last but certainly not least, I'm, I'm watching OnlyFans. Uh, one called "Chasing the Equinox." And it basically goes into how uh, all of the uh, astrological alignments in the world work. Okay. And uh, you know, you know how every time you look at these big buildings, mm-hmm. and you're like, "How did they align it perfectly, east to west?" Yeah, there's a deceptively easy way to figure that out. Really? Yeah, you, be, you, you take a stick, put it in the ground, mark it at at uh, like every couple hours in between dawn and dusk. Yeah, and it makes a curve, and then you just take the the last two points, draw a straight line. That's perfect east west. Wow, just, super easy. Just simple <laughs> sundial shit. Super easy, and, and you get perfect alignment every time. And then you can build mega structures yes. that align with uh, this line solar events. Yep. Exactly. It's deceptively simple to do. And then meanwhile, people are like, "This is impossible." It must Ancient have been aliens. aliens, exactly. And then this dude with a stick goes, "Do do do dot, dot, line." Dot. Perfect east-west. Yeah, line up that way, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just point in that direction. Well, no, exactly, because like, I've always wondered how the fuck they did it. I'm like, I mean, I know it's possible we do it now, but how did they do it? Yeah. And they they, they showed me, and I was like, oh, oh, that's... I'm an idiot. <sighs> I feel stupid now. Yeah, it's like sometimes, like, how, how do they use to clean clothes? Well, they just beat them with rocks and, and clean water. Oh, that, well, that works. <laughs> we don't want to do it now, but it works. You can. There's other ways mm-hmm. outside of what we know. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, I watched the second half of season four of Rick and Morty because it finally came out streaming. Okay. So that yeah. was fun. Yeah. It's, How many episodes is that? Uh, it was only another five episodes. So ten total for this season? For season four, yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously Adult Swim. Yeah. Uh, I, well, yeah, exactly. It's also on Hulu right now, so you can ca- catch it either way. I haven't seen any of the season. I guess I might as well. Uh, it's it's on. worth watching. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's it's still it's still Rick and Morty, Absolutely. and they they still go places and do fun things. Mm. If you haven't seen the new stuff, I recommend it. Right, it's to, totally worth watching. You have to add it to the list. That stupid list that, then, I, that and, I already added, Mister Mercedes, to. Uh, last but certainly not least, uh, I watched uh, the 
uh, 16-minute Chappelle intro from Saturday Night Live last I night. I watched that, too. Yeah, I watched really it this good. morning. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, really good. I like how, like, part of it was, he was just like, I'm just trying out jokes. <laughs> like, he's using an SNL monologue yep. at, like, <laughs> open mic. Yep, exactly. Which is funny. But some of the stuff he said really fucking hit. Yeah, <laughs> of course. He's very smart. Very, so. very smart. And smoking a cigarette, which the, is, like, what, what is this, 1978? I, I love how he started off with... Uh, the joke is like Chappelle show is on uh, streaming on HBO Max right now yeah. and also on Hulu and on, and on Netflix yeah, and, yeah. and on Netflix and I didn't get a dime of that and then, <laughs> and then, and then he told the story about his great grandfather who was actually a slave yeah. and how and it was freed and all that and the funniest part though was the joke that he made how if he talked to his great grandfather today he'd be like damn boy you, you got sold more times than I did yeah boom Bought, bought and sold more than me. Yeah, but everyone was Which like, "Whoa!" Dude, it was it was true because, because it's also he's so good at where he structured that whole part of the yeah. joke where it was like he was talking about his grandfather and made it seem like he was making this very sweet point. About and he he he's was. Like, there's a show, but it was also a setup for yeah. a killer punchline. Yeah, it's like there's a show out with his name <laughs> on it that's not on these services, and it's like, oh wow, yeah, look what is his yeah. grandfather would be so happy to see this, yeah. and then he drops that yep. part, but. I get paid for it and he'd be like damn uh, oh <laughs> yeah that's why this guy's so good comes out of left field uh hits you with a pow, pow on that one he's uh very funny yes very funny and yeah it was cool it was like like you said full 16 yeah, 16 minutes, minutes. No. Yeah, long, it was good it was funny he even apologized to Lauren michael a couple times yeah, it's funny. <laughs> and every once in a while, I love after some of the jokes, he would do a joke, and then he was definitely looking at somebody to see what their reaction right. was. <laughs> it's like, is that good? Can I, I say that? And then, of course, it's also like the uh, huge stretches where he's not really telling, he's no. not saying jokes. He's like, I'm going to be real for you, with you for a second. That's all. There we go. He's been given now the. It's almost like he has to earn the respect, the statesmanhood, to be like, now I'm, now I'm the old black guy who's going to well, tell mean, you. Dude, he won and the, you're going to listen. Now I'm the new Dick Gregory. He, he won the Mark Twain Award last year. Exactly. The thing's on Netflix. They ain't just going to give that to nobody. And it's hilarious. Because ain't, ain't no, no undeserving people getting the Mark Twain Award. Because he makes fun of Mark Twain for being an old racist, because he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and now he gets He was award. a very funny man. I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. Uh, yeah, that was funny. That was good stuff. That's good. That was it. You said last. Yep. You said last. That was last, but certainly not least. Certainly not least. All right. Well, there we go. Let's take a break here. We're we'll back with the second half of the show. We got some uh, Facebook comments, I believe, to read. I don't think we have any emails. Maybe some came in during the break. You got it. And then news. But first, it is time for the 56th installment of Billy D's Death of the Movies. He's going to talk about the movie One Day Die. Okay. So we'll. I think so, I think that's how you're supposed to say that. Title. So we're so we're all gonna die one day. I think I think that's that, what that, it means. Is that what you're saying? There's no punctuation in there. It just says one day die, or maybe you die in one day. One day die, or maybe it's a uh, that's the term. Yeah, like you drink this poison and oh. then it's a one day die. Mm-hmm. That poison, that's a two day die. It takes a little longer. This one, that's a four day die. That's yeah. agonizing. Yeah, you don't want the four day <laughs> die. Four day die takes a long time. No, yeah, give me the one day die. Well, you know it's gonna cost more. For the one day die. Now, do you actually die, or is it just one day to like turn something a different color? Uh, that kind of one day die. Maybe he misspelled. Let I me mean, D Y E. Yes, it's a <laughs> one day die where you can. Now, is it you put the die in, and then a day later, it's the color, or it's only that color for a day, and then it washes Ooh. out? I guess you have to listen to Billy D for the answer. Here we go. 
Watch a few movies, take a few notes. Billy D's Death of the Movies. <laughs> What's up, my dudes? What a week. I, uh, I hurt my back wicked bad on Monday, so I've been in uh, excruciating pain all week. But I'm almost standing vertically again, instead of shuffling around the house like Matthew McGrory. Now, I've watched a bunch of movies this week, but I'm not going to be talking about them. No. Today, I will be talking about the theater. Theater's basically dead right now for reasons. And this year, from first-hand experience working on digital events and attending them, I know they're taking off. But the one thing I haven't done yet is check out a narrative digital experience. A few weeks ago, I received a press email about an immersive digital seance directed by Darren Lynn Bousman. Now, Bousman is sort of divisive, I guess, but like the dude knows how to do the things he knows how to do real well. Gory set pieces, chaotic tension, layered puzzle-like narratives. He cut his teeth on the Saw films, but he's always had a flair for the dramatic with stuff like Repo the Genetic Opera, which is a strange combination. One of the things that I've been aware of in my periphery is that he's been doing these immersive horror experiences with avant-garde theater people the last few years. They've been primarily LA based, so I've not had a way to experience them myself until now. One Day Die is a new experience crafted by Bousman and new collaborators, Blake Vaught and Daniel Garcia. Garcia is a magician and Vaught is an engineer crafting custom magic and illusions for people like David Copperfield and David Blaine, all the famous Daves. This is a fully immersive experience requiring you to pay and register weeks in advance so that you can receive a box in the mail. Do not open this box. You'll want to, but resist the temptation. In the week leading up to the event, you'll begin to receive cryptic emails from several people asking you to meditate on certain things or keep pieces of information in your mind. At least two emails are just list of items you need, you need and things you have to do to prepare, like charging your box with moonlight, charging a glass of water with moonlight, making sure you have white clothes and are pure of mind. And then you get the link. The thing that shocked me despite being warned many, many times, with how active a participant you are. Because, and I cannot stress this enough, they can see you and will call you out for not paying attention or will advise you to move on to another chapter. Basically, what you are about to get into is a live full motion video game slash escape room, all from the comfort of your own home. And it's a horror film where the fourth wall is broken as part of the narrative. So you're told that this is a seance and that you have everything you need in your box to participate. You're then told to open the box and inside is a candle, a Bible, tarot cards, photos, a crow feather, a mirror, a bell, an occult ritual mat, matches, tea leaves, and vials containing blood and human teeth and hair. And then your phone starts ringing. Characters will start calling you and you have to get through these phone scripts with them. Emails come in directing you to do things at certain times. There are multiple narratives that unfold throughout the evening that you can participate in or not participate in by just wandering through the experience and checking into the different rooms available. And a couple of times your video feed will be hijacked by the Madame Rosalind character and she'll ask you to do things or answer questions and then send you to another room. Narratively, I think we fucked up somewhere and missed a couple of things because Courtney wanted to jump in and out of a couple of rooms, but we got back on track pretty quickly and were able to follow along with anything we missed. 
obviously this is a live interactive theater experience so it's heavy on improv and interaction with the audience some impressive production quality and really cool sets and costumes and a couple of shocking gore gags uh, the connection did get spotty a few times, but was pretty rock solid for the most part. Honestly, I really loved this whole thing. I had a smile on my face the entire night, and over the week I really enjoyed getting these weird emails and forwarding them to Courtney so we could talk about what the hell we were getting ourselves into. This was a total win, and I'd absolutely do another one of these next year. Thanks One Day Die for the best night in I've had in months. Can't wait to see what you guys have planned for the future. Stay cool, Billy D. Previously on Mr. Mercedes. That's so much fun to say. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, guys, welcome back to the second half of the show. Remember when I used to do it on a weekly, yep. weekly, on weekly, weekly basis? I was like, welcome back to the second half. Yep. And you'd be like, how can we welcome back? Uh, truly, it doesn't matter. There are shows who start each episode by saying welcome back. I'm Chris. like, we just started. How do we? Chris, irregardless Ir- is a word. It is because it's in a dictionary. So it was eight. <laughs> you know how that happens? Ain't it a word? <laughs> it, it is now because I know. Uh, a, a word just has to be like used in publications a certain amount of time for it to become a word. That's how words become words. Truthiness. I, I know. Truthiness is a word. <laughs> Man, Thank you, so, Stephen Colbert. It's so much fun. <laughs> so yeah, we can make words all the time. How else are you going to get uh, cockamamie and flim flam and all this other shit? There's so many forgotten words. Words oh. change. <sighs> Crespadiso ain't nothing. But now it's something. Is it? I mean, it's not in the dictionary, so it's not. <laughs> Crespity, so see uh, synonyms. Fool, idiot, waste of money, waste of time. M- movie podcast. Movie podcast. Yeah, I already said that. Fool, what do you mean? <laughs> I said that already. I guess synonyms. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right along with the joke. Send them at Crespity, so at gmail.com. You can email us and we'll read them on the show. Or you can just email me and, uh, you know, complain about stuff. And I'll just say thank you. Or you can ask us for stickers. I haven't mentioned that in a while. We still have we some still stickers. Have stickers. Yes. Send them I mean, at Crespity, so at gmail.com. I've still got a full sleeve in my house. Do you really? No. Of those round ones? No. Well, shit. I'll bring them. Then we have more than I thought we did because we think we have a sleeve in there, maybe two. Yep, we got a sleeve in there. Yeah. I even throw you, I even, I even throw you in some defunct uh, Lady Raptastic stickers, guys. Hello, please. Hello, please. Uh, so you can do that. Patreon.com slash So We are doing... Let me see. Virtuosity just came out, guys. The Russell Crowe Denzel Washington sci-fi Classic of action cinema. I don't know about classic. It's a wacky fucking movie, <laughs> it's dude. A weird, it's a weird, wacky it fucking movie. It is a movie. wacky movie. And it's on YouTube for free. So you can watch it on YouTube for free and then go to Patreon and sign up for anywhere from $1 to $5 a month. Pay your own price. Get access to the show and uh, hear what we got going on over there. Let me see. Is there anything else I want to throw out there? You know, PFT media, et cetera, et cetera. Not doing any trivia. I'm pretty much retired. <laughs> I guess I guess that's it, really. That's all that's all we got right now. Uh Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, get off it. But if you're not gonna get off it, join our group. It's pretty chill. And you can leave a comment or question in the thread that I put up every week and we'll respond to it like this. Carmella asks What up, Carmella? What are the first movie DVDs you and Drew remember purchasing? Mine was probably Requiem for a Dream, Ooh. or Bring It On. How's that for diversity? Oh, that's a fun. That is a fun <laughs> <laughs> double feature. Now the question is: oh, Do you do you 
do you watch Bring It On first and then Requiem for a Dream because after Requiem you're going to be wait done or do you watch Requiem first and then Bring It On as like the nice sorbet uplifting palate cleanser so, I mean, so you can end your night on it's a nice gonna, note it's going to be more like I'm going to watch Requiem I'm going to spend a half hour outside chain smoking hating myself mm. and then I'll come back inside and watch Bring It On okay so okay, that's, that's how I would do that yeah, we got we have to account for oh yeah 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 the chain smoking break. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, after watching Requiem, all I have, all I do is hate my life for <laughs> thirty minutes. It's just like, fuck, man. I mean, I yeah. made bad decisions. At least my decisions weren't that bad. First movie, but still, first some movie, of these. Fuck. First movie I saw at the Enzian Theater was uh, Requiem for a Dream. I definitely sat on a log in the parking lot, not feeling well when it was over. I was no. like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. What did I just watch? Yeah. The R-rated version is what I watched. Yeah. For for me, it was more like I think. For, for me, watching that movie was more like, oh, so these are the possible outcomes for my <laughs> current projected path. Yeah, cool. Let's, let's not do some of those. <laughs> yeah, they should have just showed that instead of the Rain on Drugs commercials with the eggs. <laughs> watch Requiem. Should have just showed here, Requiem for here, a Dream on TV. Watch this. Here, watch this 10 years uh, earlier than it was made. That is interesting. That DVD was really good. A lot of good special features because a lot of... Technical stuff when it's making it, despite it being low budge, and it has a because I had this DVD. It also has a good Aronofsky commentary track, so he talks about like the different camera techniques and things like that. When he was way more, way more into um, form, like stylus. What is it? Form over function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's way more into how it stylistically works. Uh, really informational, the good stuff. First DVD, do you remember? Oh, see, I said I think. I didn't buy a lot of DVDs. Sure. I still only own like a handful. Mm. And I'm trying to th- think what I can. Re- I can remember. I bought two DVDs, and the reason I finally bought them was because I was getting ready to go to college, and as a high school graduation present, I got a computer mm-hmm. which has a CD-ROM on it. Yeah. So I finally had a way to watch DVDs. DVDs. Yeah. I was like, "Holy shit! This is the future." This is nine um, summer two thousand. I went to Blockbuster Video. I even remember where I bought them, Drew. It was at a Blockbuster Video. I even remember which one. It was on Holland Boulevard over there in New Dorp in uh, Staten Island. Shout out to Shaolin. Represent 718. 273. <laughs> 4775. I think that's my phone number. The two DVDs I bought were both two disc special editions. Uh, Fight Club and Monty Python, The Search for Holy Grail. Beautiful. I still have that is Fight a, Club. That's a great twofer. That's a good twofer, right? I still have the Fight Club there. Uh, the Monty Python. The thing about the Monty Python is, um, I think I still have it, but I don't have the second disc anymore. Because, speaking of uh, One Day Die, Billy D, who reviewed a... It was a, a digital theater live seance experience, guys. Done by a guy who did Saul 2. That's weird. <laughs> I actually listened to the death movies. And... Uh, so he borrows the DVD because I took it with me to college. It's like uh, down 2001 or so. He borrows a DVD. Uh, when he watches it, like he doesn't put it back. It's it's out of the case and it's on the on the DVD player and it's upside down. And then he has a party and a bunch of people are coming over and someone, yeah. maybe even him, throws up on the DVD player I mean, on the DVD. Could have been anybody. And just threw up a uh, threw up on the D- and it was ruined ruined yeah. the DVD. Uh-huh. So makes, I don't I don't have the second disc. That makes sense. The second disc has the what scene is it? The scene where they're singing and there's a bunch of silly. Come kind of a silly place after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that scene redone in Legos. 
Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Man. surely that's out there. Lego Monty Python. Lego Guys, Monty Python. get on it. It would work. Get on it. Just, just I want to see it so bad already. Just straight remake it. Yeah. Use the same audio. Yeah, everything. That, that yeah. has to be on YouTube. Uh... It was a great, it's a great DVD. And then uh, the Fight Club DVD is super informative. The, the two discs, the second disc, so many different featurettes and uh, how they did all that stuff digitally then in, you know, 99 or whatever. My head was like five different commentary tracks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember specifically. Exactly. The first DVDs I got. You don't remember at all? No. I can't think of it at all. There you go. I mean, I remember the first VHSs I got. What was that? Because I got three of them. They all came together at Christmas one year. <laughs> which word, and which were they? It was uh, uh, R- Rocky and Bullwinkle, the entire series. Oh, wow. There was like 12 VHS tapes. Wow, that's huge. It was like a bo- the box, a box set. box set, yeah. I got that, Batman, and Jurassic Park. Batman, 89 Batman? Yeah, and Jurassic Park. That was like one of the highest grossing VHSs of all time. Jurassic Park must have been huge. Dude, that's that's some damn good entertainment right there. Yeah. Just watch Batman and Jurassic Park and Batman Jurassic Park. I mean, what else do you need to do when you're a kid? Those are the best movies. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Throw in some Rocky and Bullwinkle in a the middle. Rock, a lot of Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's pretty awesome. I don't remember my first VHSs. I remember my first, uh, the first cassette tape that I bought. Ooh, what was it? I remember mine too. You, mine was a weird one. So was mine. It was a. Uh, Cassette single, actually, because I didn't realize I was buying a single. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were a dumb kid. Because I was a dumb kid. And it was, I was, must have been nine or ten. Weird Al Yankovic, the single release of Smells Like Nirvana. Hey, you know what? That makes sense, Chris. Yeah, yeah there we go. That works for you. <laughs> so, that was mine. What was yours? Uh, the cocktail soundtrack. <laughs> I already had that. On, <laughs> I already had that on vinyl. When oh. I say we, I mean, my mom had it. All right. <laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, no. for, was it for Cocomo? I think so. Jamaica. Yeah. Ooh, I wanna take. It. I think so. That's a good soundtrack. Yeah. That's that's it probably was. the best part of that fucking movie. Is the goddamn I mean, yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, the movie's not all that good. No, it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. With with uh, what's this guy? This dude, this Australian yeah, guy. That guy exactly. From, yeah, he, he did cocktail and the effects movies, and that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian something. Yeah, I think my dad was really into it because I'm pretty sure he was bartending at the time. That makes so. sense. Yeah. So one day, son, I'm going to open a, a tiki bar on a beach somewhere. No, you're not. You're just going to drink yourself into oblivion for the rest of your life and lo- 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 lose a child, two wives, two houses. You know what? That's what you're going to do, bud. You know what? <laughs> yes. That's the un- untold story of cocktail. That's the part of cocktail you don't see. Yeah. I mean, he does. Does the guy kill himself at the end? He kills himself at the end. I'm sure. Like, he, he leaves a, so. a suicide note for mm-hmm. for Tom Cruise to read. Yeah. And it's, it's stupid. It's a, it's a stupid movie. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. And all right, there you go. Thanks, Cromwell. We appreciate it, buddy. Rock him for a dream and bring it on. That's fun. Yeah, that runs the gamut. Man, people love Bring It On. There's been like a bunch of sequels, Dude, and not, I think they even did a remake or a new show. I mean, they, I'm, they did, they I'm not really into like those like teen movies mm-hmm. like at all. But uh, Bring It On and Mean Girls, like those two movies, yeah. are still fucking hilarious. Well, Mean Girls is Tina Fey, so she's already proven her comedic chops over and over. But what is it about Bring It On? I don't I'm know. sure if I looked into some, it, they're like, ah, that's why. There is something about it. It's this person who who wrote it, and that's why it's so good. All right, let's get into some uh, newsy, newsy news. We've been following this story for a while. It's been ups and downs in the opinion the old opinion poll on Johnny Depp. Is he a wife beater? Isn't he a wife beater? Amanda Heard, is she a victim? Is she an abuser? Um, turns out, yes, 
to all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so it's everybody's fault. Everybody's fault. Everyone's a monster. It's everyone's fault. We shouldn't like nobody in okay. this case. Uh, Johnny Depp had a libel case in the UK where uh, the libel laws there are done in a way that's even harder for... It's it's easier for people to sue and, and make sure that like bullshit isn't printed about no. them as opposed to here in America. And Johnny Depp lost his libel case Ooh. against a, a tabloid that called him a wife beater. Right. And the judge was like, there has been enough evidence to show that this man is a wife beater. So that's that's bad. No. Shortly after that, Johnny Depp released a statement on his social meds saying that Warner Brothers contacted me and asked me to step down from uh, continuing in Fantastic Beasts, et cetera, et cetera. I guarantee you, before he even went to court, they were like, listen, if you lose yeah. this, you're done. Yeah, I bet, you, <laughs> I bet you that was contingent. So the second he lost, he was like, well, there goes that roll. <laughs> yeah, start, start crafting the statements, you know. Yeah, let's see that final draft that we got. And he even says in the statement, he's like, uh, it, it's a travesty what's happening to me. This is no, fucked of up. Course. But, you know. For the betterment of everyone involved, I'm going to step away. That is what legal statements are for, Chris. Yeah, exactly. So, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I mean, I did it, but I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta have a good. That's why you have to have a good statement. You gotta admit, admit it, but not admit it. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Uh, follow up on some Sean Connery stuff from last week. First off, uh, his wife reveals that because it, it said that he died after. Uh, uh, being ill for a little while, mm-hmm. his wife revealed that it was dementia. Yeah, well, good for him. So, so that sucks. I mean, good for him. Good well, for no, him to be dead. Good for him that he died. That he's dead. Hopefully, uh, oh, he died in his sleep. Well, and hopefully he died relatively soon after it started. There was only a few months of it. Yeah, I suppose a long that, time of it. Ugh. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, dementia sucks, but yeah, so he's passed. He's that, passed on. That's what happens when your brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah, that's brutal. And. Uh, Michael Bay, having directed him in The Rock, has a, had a little interesting story here. He says he taught me so much about acting in the craft. That apparently you didn't learn or take to heart. Uh, he says, I was young and dumb doing my second movie, The Rock. I had heard he was notoriously tough on directors. I was terrified when I gave him my first direction. Uh, Sean? <laughs> Can you please do that less charming? Uh, Mr. Bond? He said, sure, boy. Boy was a nickname that he gave me. Uh, he was notoriously thrifty and practical. He'll never forget that the first day he was on set, he shot a coin. I'll just read this as, as Michael Bay wrote it. I shot a coin that helps Mason escape. We used a fake quarter from a Hollywood magic shop, triple in size, attached to a rod that I spun in front of the lens. I was laying down on the floor below Sean's chair, spinning the quarter. I felt so stupid. This man had done 75 movies, and I didn't think he was going to let me get this silly film school shot. Then I look up at him, and I'll never forget the amazing James Bond smile he gave me in approval. He taught me so much about acting in the craft, so there you go. Um, and then this is a, a fun story of him getting more money from executives. He says, um, The Rock, car chase, Sean driving, and I'm alone filming him. He slams the brakes. My head hits the window. He says, you okay? And I said, no. The Disney folks are going to kick my butt for being two days over schedule. Sean says, you want me to help? Cut two. having lunch. Imagine this, having lunch with Disney executives in a third grade classroom sitting at tiny tables and chairs. We look like giants. I announce that Mr. Connery would like to visit and say hi. Sean comes in, sits down across from open mouth executives in classic 
Connery's style. He belts out in his Scottish brogue, This boy is doing a good job. You're living in your Disney fucking ivory tower, and we need more fucking money. Without missing the beat, they respond, Okay, how much? <laughs> well, yeah, when James Bond comes in, he says, Give us more money, you go, Fuck. Damn it. Yes, I mean, yes, sir. I mean, we, we can say no to this douchebag director. We yeah. can't say no to him. We can say no We can say no to the guy who directed a meatloaf video, but we can't say no to fucking... John Connery. God damn, this guy's real life. Alan Quartermain. Yeah, that's funny. So, uh, Michael Bay with actually a funny little story there. Actually contributing something nice for once to the public discourse on Sean Connery arrest in paradise. Um, Christopher Nolan. He defends Tenet's theatrical performance, has some interesting things to say. He uh, basically has summarized that he's afraid executives will look at the $350 million that this movie made via pandemic and will look at it in the wrong way, in that there isn't an audience that we can't be putting movies out. And he wants the... he. He is like the go-between now between theater exhibitors and the movie makers. Movie makers are afraid to put movies out because they think no one's gonna—they're not gonna make any money. Meanwhile, the theaters are like, "We need Please. content. We need product for people to come out here." So he wants them to start coming around, figuring out alternative ways to change your expectations, figure out different ways that they can release movies to help everyone overall during this these these times that we live in. Hope this email finds you well. That type of shit. How many of those emails did you got? I got one from Pup Socks. <laughs> You don't get the, the the spam email, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Nope. So uh, every time I get one, I immediately don't read it and go to, down to the bottom where it says unsubscribe. I'm like, leave me the fuck alone. Um. So some theaters, you know, theaters are all doing different things. Regal just shut down till next year. AMC, they took out a big loan. Uh, they worked out a deal with Universal to try to get on VOD monies. Cinemark just announced that they will do movie-by-movie movie basis. They'll allow movies to come out in their theaters, and then they can be in VOD just a few weeks later. They'll probably also want to cut those monies as well. So the whole industry is changing. It's shifting. Will movie theaters go away? No. no. But will they change? Yeah. Yes. There'll be less of them, probably. I was about to say, they'll probably be smaller yep. instead of these fucking megaplexes. We'll go, we'll go back to the smaller theaters, yes. No more 20-screen theaters. Yeah. Maybe just 10 screens will now be your megaplex. So like, holy shit, 10 screens, man. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be different, but it's not going to go away. Oh, this is interesting. Samuel L. Jackson. This guy's been in uh, approximately 42,000 movies and mm-hmm. TV shows. Yeah. A lot of different people, a lot of different crews. And with like, a lot of jobs, a lot of experiences that people have, it's the same thing that happens, Drew, with like um, summer camp. Or maybe even with like scout experiences, when you hang out with this group of people over a short period of time, like yeah, we're best friends. Like this is gonna last forever. And they're like, all right, bye. Never see them again. Yeah, there's a thing called cruise friends, where you make you meet people on a cruise Mm -hmm. and then you hang out like all day together for days. Vacation friends. Yes, exactly. And then vacation's over, you exchange numbers. Oh yeah, we'll visit. Never, never, no, no. no. What were those? What were those people names? Greg and the same thing with work friends. Work friends, exactly. Once you leave the job, poof, gone. Gone. I mean, unless I work with you again, I'll probably never see you again. What was that guy's <laughs> name? He worked here for 22 years. <laughs> I, I don't know. I forgot. I forgot. We went to his wife's funeral. I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Samuel Jackson revealed that there is one group that they have weekly text message te- uh, check-ins with each other. Okay. Talk about life, politics, etc., etc. And that would be uh, from the movie The Hateful Eight. 
Cool. That's <clears throat> from 2015. That's a good group. That's an interesting group. He says, the haters from Hateful Eight. We have a chain where we still text each other every week to say, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> Imagine saying that being angry. We're commenting on the political situation. That's the strongest cinematic connection I've ever had. He doesn't give names, but to remind people of the cast, we could probably figure out who these people might be. Kurt Russell? Mm-hmm. Gotta be. Oh, yeah. He's Mr. Libertarian. Uh, I don't. I want the government out of my life. Yep. I believe. I want to do what I want. I, wanna, I, I have a shit ton of money, and I can. I believe in <laughs> eating meat. I don't want to pay taxes. <laughs> um, Jennifer Jason Lee. I wonder if she's in on that. Walton Goggins for sure. I would say those three probably. Yeah. Um, Damien Bashir, interesting. Maybe Tim Roth. Maybe I don't know. Englishman. Uh, Michael Madsen. Do you really want to give Michael Madsen your number? I don't know. Bruce Dern, probably old man. Let's get him in here. Uh, yeah, that's a wild, that's a wild cast of people checking in every week. What do you think about this uh, George Floyd? And maybe and maybe Channing Tatum just for fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was he was hanging out underneath the whole time. Yeah, yeah, what, what a great reveal! What a great reveal! Like, I mean, that was Channing Tatum's had some great character reveals in his. Acting he does. This uh, this is the end. Oh, dude, the, one, the one in this is the end is probably the best of them all. Like, is that Jenny? <laughs> Did they well, take the mask off? Well, no, exactly. Like, because, because it's Danny McBride, so him saying he's got Channing Tatum, like, like ha ha, funny, funny, I get. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Really Holy <laughs> shit. This shit got real. This joke got real. Okay. Um, big news for some fans out there especially uh like simon time our buddy hocus pocus 2 is happening coming to disney plus 27 years since hocus pocus has come out and uh continues to grow in the minds of its fans it's it's kind of crazy yeah Yeah. we're gonna have to we're gonna be doing a whole episode on it eventually uh for the patreon but we have an update on the development process and i found this interesting that they talk about how Bette Miller talks about how they're trying to get as much of the original team back in place, meaning the technicians, yeah. the makeup people, uh, the the rig, the, the the rope rig guys who make them look like they're flying around and shit like that. So I wonder if they're going to try to do um, instead. Of, oh yeah, we can just make them fly digitally now. Like no, we want the rigs, we want the ropes, so we, and then we'll just CG out the ropes. You know that makes more sense. But anyway, Hocus Pocus two Disney Plus coming soon ish this is cool small axe is coming to amazon print i'm double checking this is a long ass article that i'm trying to pull things from but it's uh so what's his name steve mcqueen mm-hmm. who did uh shame and hunger and done uh one with 12 years a slave won awards and shit widows in 2018 he has this huge project that he did called small axe small axe being taken from a Bob Marley proverb, uh, you are the big tree. If you are the big tree, then we are the small axe, that okay. type of thing. And it's five stories about um, West Indie, like black West Indie British culture, essentially. And like one movie, he did five movies. He directed five movies that are all going to start coming out on a weekly basis. I'm pretty sure on, on Amazon, like I said. One features... Uh, John Boyega, one features uh, what's this chick's name who played uh, Shuri on the oh yeah yeah, yeah. in the uh, I don't know what her name is Letitia Wright I know the face Letitia Wright yeah she's uh, from Black Panther 
And I just I just want to point this out. I want people to yeah. keep an eye for this. This is going to be good. I mean, Steve okay. McQueen's great. He's doing five. Okay, here we go. D- November 20th. So a couple weeks from now, Amazon Prime, new film drops every week. Uh, one of them is called Red, White, and Blue. Boyega plays Leroy Logan, a real-life London police officer who interrogated a hostile, integrated a hostile department in the 1980s. One is called Mangrove, a 1970s court drama about activists fighting for the rights of a local Trinidadian restaurant owner. That's the one with Letitia Wright, where uh, she will play a real leader in the British Black Panther movement. All but one of the films are based on true stories. Sounds like a lot of fun. Cool. Sounds really good. And then also there's a really good, uh, this is from the Hollywood Reporter. They did a, an interview with Boyega, Wright, and 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 McQueen. A lot of really interesting stuff in here. And in this interview, Boyega revealed that when he uh, got all like, went out there for the protest, and was like um, um, talking about, you know, social issues or whatever during the summer and how he didn't care if it cost him jobs and that Star Wars. I'm sure it got him jobs. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, yeah, that kind of stuff. You, the right people get you jobs. But then how like, Star Wars is just a part of his life, and he's done with that, and he's not kowtowing to Disney. He's going to speak his mind because he's a human yeah. being. And then he said that a... Uh, oh, and also that he was very vocal about the abuse that actors of color, non-white actors, have experienced after getting cast in major roles, like Kelly Marie Tran, yeah. all the shit that she took. Um, how right after that trailer came out for Force Awakens, and like, oh, Black Stormtrooper, everyone was freaking out, and all the abuse that he took online... So he's been talking about now how executives and um, the producers need to do more to protect um, their actors from that kind of abuse and shit. He said after he spoke out about all that, a Disney executive who remained unnamed, who reigns unnamed, contacted him and they had a very like long conversation. So like doing all that cage rattling and all the muck raking and making all that noise has got him the ear of certain people who are like yeah you're right we're hearing the issues that you're having we're gonna work together to to move forward so the squeaky wheel gets the grease man yeah you gotta be you gotta be squeaky as fuck sometimes so boyega out there being all squeaky to even back that up another separate article came out lashana lynch she's the chick in the new um james bond Okay. Who's yeah. you know supposed to be like the next 007, um, not the next James Bond, but the next 007. Okay, great. After that was announced online, she just said this recently in an interview, after that was announced online last year, she had to delete just about all of her social media sure. because of all the abuse she started yeah. getting online. Yeah. So it's uh, fucked up, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure the British are just as racist as the Americans. If not more so uh, in some ways, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, and it's not just, it's worldwide. It's um, racism is everywhere and it is like just straight up, um, usually just based on coloring. It's yeah. a, col- it's a colorism mm-hmm. issue. It's, yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. In Puerto Rico, you got like light Puerto Ricans, you got the dark Puerto Ricans. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Speaking of fucking crazy, Orphan. Uh-huh. Okay? Mm. Remember it? Mm-hmm. 2009. Mm-hmm. It's already been 11 years. Mm-hmm. Orphan. Yeah. The little girl is not a little girl. The little girl not a little girl anymore. Oh, the little girl's not a little girl. Also, the little girl who played the little girl is now no longer a little girl. She's a 20-something-year-old actress. Mm-hmm. Orphan. Getting a prequel called Orphan, colon, First Kill. Guess who's coming back to play the lead role? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. What? Wrap, wrap your brain around it. Think about it. Wrap your brain. Brain wrapping. Brain wrapping. Sequel prequel. Mm-hmm. 
doing a straight up prequel and the uh it's according to the deadline Isabel Furman will be reprising the role of Esther I mean are they gonna de-age her how the fuck yes uh because in the movie if it's a prequel in Orphan she was playing a nine year old but at that time she was ten alright and then I think they cut to like an actual like little person for the final scene um so where is it where is it where is it where is it it says here the movie will prequel her escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility and making her way to the US by impersonating the missing daughter from a wealthy family and it will be done via here we go utilizing a combination of forced perspective shooting and world class and a world class makeup team no thank you you're not interested in seeing how they try to pull this off I with, mean, with practical effects? I will be interested to Practically? see to see that's the only reason I'm interested in the movie. Oh, for real. Yeah, I don't want I don't give a shit about the uh the orphan prequel. Who, whose money are they blowing on this? Uh, <laughs> not Platinum Dune too, was it? It said here, yeah, someone someone's blowing some dumb money. Uh but you know, shit. They they're making like Tremors 7. There's yeah. People are always going to make crap yeah. out there, and then people will watch it. And yeah. you have a good enough hook, I'll watch it. I mean, fuck that new Tremors just came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a new one. Like, come on, guys! And they're getting worse somehow. They're getting worse. It's like how we were talking on the on a separate episode, not to come out for weeks, uh, about how like you think Superman two isn't good. <laughs> Check out three and four. <laughs> oh my god, man, it's wild. You'll think Superman two Citizen Kane after watching four. Like, for, like, damn. I, I didn't believe a man could fly, and I still don't, but still. So, David Ayer explains how his Suicide Squad was ripped to pieces. Are we going to get the air cut? No. <laughs> he, he's been shooting down the air cut for a while. Okay. Yeah, so no, thank God. That's that, that's just a joke now. From now on, it's going to be, so we're going to get the so-and-so cut? Yeah, yeah. What, what am I getting in my Sonic uh, the teeth cut? I want the original Sonic. That's sitting somewhere in those files. Refinish the original Sonic. Uh, David Ayer on Twitter talking about how when the Suicide Squad trailer came out with all the pop, like all the music used, and then how they Warner Brothers then took the movie and gave it to that editing house. They're like, oh yeah, just recut our movie, recut the whole movie to look like the trailer, which is what they did. Someone tweeted that David Ayer responded, for sure that became a factor, but the reason that. Ha- all this shit happened was BVS Batman vs Superman got chewed up by the critics and the success of Deadpool the studio leadership at the time panicked then major elements of my cut were ripped out before I could mature the edit and then Jeff Johns wrote pages that I had to reshoot so they took out a bunch of his whatever he's gonna do anyway they made him they made him change it Jeff Johns as the producer changed it and he reshot it and the movie sucks mm-hmm there is um, not footage, but art, production art of the Joker teaming up with Enchantress at the end. So it's like Enchantress okay. is at the, in the final scene where she's yeah. like, oh, doing her thing. But then Joker is in a white suit standing like at the foot of her, uh, like with the machine gun laughing because he's all part of it. It's all part of his plan and all that stuff got removed. Yeah. So all that talk about the Joker, all the extra things, attendments and all that, that's all part of it. And yeah, it sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Batman vs Superman sucks. Yep. Uh, it's all it's all bad. Yeah. Can't wait for that Zack Snyder Justice League. <laughs> I mean, they're blowing enough money on it. I mean, originally I was like, okay, so we'll get to see it finished. 
No, the, no. Now they're doing this and doing that and doing this and now this, this, this. And I'm just like, yeah. Now we're adding. This stuff. This has gotten way out of hand, gentlemen. Th- yeah, this has turned into a uh, like a four hundred million dollar four episode miniseries. Yeah, like imagine it's four episodes. Each episode, a hundred million dollars per. It's like and kind of sort of break it down. What is, this, is, this, is this the last season of Game of Thrones? What the fuck's going on it's here? Essentially, <laughs> and like with one person doing it. Oh boy, oh boy. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, uh, yeah, the Mission Impossible's Simon Pegg mm-hmm. has a uh, a perspective I haven't really thought about in watching Tom Cruise do stunts. Okay, all right. Uh, here he goes. He says, Simon Pegg, when you watch the movie and you see him do the stunts and it's nail biting and there's a real sense of genuine kind of peril. And you know that it's him, Tom Cruise, but you know he survived because he was on Good Morning America that morning and he did some press. When we watch him do it, we have no idea if he's going to survive. So he rides a bike off a cliff and everyone's just waiting for good canopy, good canopy, anybody? And it's terrifying. So yeah, imagine being on set. On set and it's like, he just goes over the cliff and it's like, well, in five minutes, we're going to know if we're still making a movie or not. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to make the news tonight? News, I mean, news, I, get a, I, still get, I still get my paycheck, right? Okay, yeah. cool. I get a pay or play <laughs> deal on this, right? If we, oh, he lives. Okay, good. Good. You need another take what? We got to do this again? Yeah, Tom didn't like it. He wants to do it. He wants to do it uh, again. Okay. It's on him. He's a psychopath. No, he is. Uh, these movies are going to be fun. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. I'm looking forward to him going to space. <laughs> yeah, they're booked. <laughs> they're booked on that flight, October 2021. Sent his ass to space. Uh, him and Doug Lyman. I can't believe Doug Lyman's going. That's a crazy thing. Tom Cruise, I can believe. Doug Lyman, that's like sending you a random neighbor. Just pick a guy. You're going to space. Doug Lyman does the opposite of Tom Cruise. <laughs> he, yeah, we'll, he, see, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens, Chris. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Um, I already mentioned this uh, Cinemark allowing uh, certain mm-hmm. movies to play, so that's kind of interesting. Oh, and then I could have mentioned this earlier when I was talking about Tenant. Um, December fifteen is the release date. Okay. And uh, as of like November ten, you can start doing pre-orders and stuff. So VOD, Blu-ray, all that shit. They're putting it out before Christmas, trying to make some of that money back that they surely lost. Yeah. That they lost. Uh, Star Wars series. Coming to Disney Plus, made by someone named Leslie Headland. The cool thing about this, they're saying it's going to be a martial arts thriller. Okay. Uh, and why not? Leslie Headland, the filmmaker behind movies like Bachelorette and Sleeping with Other People, and one of the people behind Netflix's Russian Doll, will be writing as a showrunner on a specifically female centric okay. show. Cool. So it's all female ladies' show, not all, but female led. Uh, Kung Fu Heavy Sci-Fi Baby Awesome It does sound awesome I mean as long as Blind Donnie Yen shows up I'm happy That would be <laughs> Maybe uh, Did that, That's Rogue One What's his name Did, he, did the uh, Diego Luna Did his character die In Rogue One I don't remember Because they're doing a. They're supposed to be doing a show Based on Set on his character oh, Okay uh, So Donnie Yen For sure could pop up In that series Depending on where they set it uh, I honestly, I've only saw the movie once. I can't recall I mean, who yeah. lives and who dies. Nope. That's the thing. That's one of the Star Wars movies where like, people die. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. It's one of the darker ones. Yeah, that was, cool. <laughs> that was a good one. That is a pretty good one. I need to rewatch that. Rob Pattinson describes working on Batman and crafting the character of Batman. And of course, he's an actor. So here he goes. He goes to start the Batman. I'm using things at the moment that seem fragile. 
compared to the importance of the project. Conversations I've had with close friends, embryos of dreams. <laughs> this is the secret and sensitive part of the actor facing the heaviness of the project. On the Batman, on Tenant, a gigantic team of technicians surround you. And when you say, let's go, Robert, action, you have to forget this mess. Of, you have to forget this mass of people and play in front of your own thoughts, your own demons. Uh, we're just making a movie, Rob. Relax, buddy. Just put on the cowl and and, yeah. and, and, and growl at us. Growl your lines. I mean, run. come on. Yep. No, apparently, he's got a new prog rock band called Embryos of Dreams <laughs> coming out. It's a lot of um, stuff like lost poems by <laughs> Neil Peart that they've, uh, <laughs> they've set to music. Embryos. Crushed embryos. That's very important. That's her like The crushed embryos are dreams. <laughs> the dreams are crushed. They're being aborted. These uh, these embryos have been eaten by a baby Yoda-like <laughs> character. They say, I see your dreams and I eat them for it gives me fuel. It gives me fuel. Netflix is... Oh, this is kind of cool. So, wrap it up now. And I got a couple stories here. And we're in our half. Yeah, we're going to end this. Um... A couple services did this that are like no longer like Filmstruck did this. I think Shutter has this option. Um, Peacock does a thing since it is NBC. When you turn it on, there's just a channel playing. Pluto has a channel that's just playing Netflix. In France, they're breaking out uh, a beta version of a Netflix channel. So when you pull up Netflix, it's just stuff's playing. Just stuff's playing. And just watch whatever curated content or you can search for your own thing. So I think it's pretty cool that they're rolling that out. And hopefully we'll start again in here. Um, Anya Taylor Joy getting raves for uh, the Queen's Gambit. I watched a little bit of that. It's pretty no, good. I've not. Yeah, uh, I watched like a random episode in the middle there. It's pretty fun. Uh, re-teaming with Robert Eggers for the yeah, the Northman. Northman. Mm-hmm. Here's her quote on working on the Northman. I am so proud to be part of this project. Every moment on set, I am proud. I think we will be presenting to the world. Something it genuinely has not seen before. I just feel so genuinely humbled that I get to be a part of it. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything Eggers does I've never seen before, and yet it seems hauntingly familiar. So far, right? We're talking <laughs> The Witch, we're talking The Lighthouse, and now Northman coming up soon. Uh, obviously, they're reteaming after The Witch. Willem Dafoe coming back from The Lighthouse. Ethan Hawke and Bjork making their first... Uh, Eggers movies uh, and then the titular Northman will be Alexander Skarsgård and it's a and it's a revenge movie it's yeah. a revenge story it's gonna be awesome oh and also Nicole Kidman signed on Nicole Kidman said uh, a lot of the times make very spontaneous and rather bold decisions with very little caution or thought like you chose well on this one yeah. <laughs> um Oh, and Taylor Joy says, um, it's Robert Eggers. People showed up on our set and was like, ah, okay, so it's a real Robert Eggers movie talking about the harsh filming conditions. Taylor Joy says, I'm like, yeah, you're going to be cold. You're going to be, you're never going to be comfortable. And it's going to be amazing. That's just the way it is, end quote. Yeah. And that is funny. I didn't think about that now. Three movies in a row this guy is making where the harsh environment is part of it yeah. and the, the working conditions suck. Uh, uh, Pattinson was talking about how 
like the brutal cold and the wet of White House. Now he wanted to like hit people when he was making that thing. He wanted to yell at Robert Eggers and 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 strangle him. And then at the end of the day, they watched the movie and it's just like fuck. It was all worth it. You, <laughs> a, you actually see it there. It's worth it. So I'm very much looking forward to the Northman. And finally, last story, I'm looking forward to in the Earth. Sounds like a wonderful Netflix. Um, I was about to say it sounds like a Hollow Earth fucking conspiracy movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's there are aliens inside the Earth. It's David Attenborough <laughs> teaming up with um, Giorgio uh, Sucolos. Gior- Giorgio Speculos cookies, <laughs> and no, it's a so. Ben Wheatley. <laughs> okay, so Ben Wheatley, who just has Rebecca, just came out on Netflix. Yeah. His big R-rated studio adaptation of um, was it R-rated of uh, this uh, classic novel. Signed on to do the Meg Two, which is that going to be PG thirteen, just like the original? Okay, like we got we got big studio Ben Wheatley now is out there. In between these projects, though, he made himself a little pandemic thriller. <laughs> okay. And it's supposed to be his sort of return to his um, horror roots, going back to his 2011 Kill List, yeah. which is fucking... Is that his best movie? I don't know. Kill List is so good. In the Earth is about... Uh, let's see. Where is it? Just like a new movie will be fully... The movie was made fully during the coronavirus pandemic. The world searches for a cure to a disastrous virus. A scientist and a park scout venture deep in the forest for a routine equipment run through the night. Their journey becomes a terrifying voyage through the heart of darkness. The forest coming to life around them drew. Cool. It's like the happening. But good. But good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we'll see. And uh, you can see, it's like it's it's two people, so it's like there's a tiny cast. It was probably just him, like a uh, sound guy out there uh, with mask on. They probably didn't have no mask on. Mark Wahlberg runs out in the middle, and says, "It's the bees, guys! It's a fucking deer with the honeybees!" And then they chop him down <laughs> with an axe. Like that was close. Almost had a bad movie run into our movie. That's the virus. The virus is bad <laughs> entertainment. Uh, just making us think that it's fine. This is fine. It's done. It's fine. Um, all right. Well, there we go. I believe we have reached the end of the line for episode 409. Oh, my God. It rhymed. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it. That was a thrice rhyme. That was a thrice rhyme. And you're welcome, listeners, for this week's genius of an episode. Sign up for our Patreon to get the thank yous. <gasps> Chris. Breaking news. Alex Trebek is dead. Oh, the cancer finally got him. It got him. Got him. Wow, breaking news, breaking guys. News. That's a bummer. We're ending the episode on a bummer. Uh, rest in paradise, Alex Trebek. I just watched on what was it on Sling TV Man. on the Buzzard Network. We we're watching old episodes of Concentration, and he was hosting. And man, swarthy, like so tan. Oh, yeah. Curly, Back in the day. Curly hair, mustache, swarthy, swarthy, and uh, kind of business cash with his clothing, like uh, shirts with the collar open, mm-hmm. uh, like very early 80s looking. And man, he was just like so smooth and awesome. Yeah. And uh, who the fuck's going to host Jeopardy now? Um, well, uh, Who was it? There was Joy Reid, I think, was. Or weird? No. That's it. Who was like the major guest host while he was doing chemo and shit? There was one person I think that they that they trotted out there. It's gonna be tough. That's gonna be a t- those are gonna be uh, nearly impossible shoes to fill. You don't fill the shoes. You retire the shoes, and, and you just 
gotta acknowledge that we have to move on. Well, I mean, they can't, Chris. This is Jeopardy. It's like if 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 they if that could have been done, they would have already done it with the prices right and never would have given Drew Carey the show. What do you mean? The prices right? Yeah. They gave the show Drew Carey after Yeah, after Bob Barker. After he died. To show no, Bob Barker lived. Bob Barker's oh. still alive. Is he? Bob Barker. How dare you kill Bob Barker ahead of time? <laughs> is he? Yes, the Plinko King is still alive. Why did they give him the show? He's just he just retired. Old man. Oh, no, he's he just retired. retired. He's oh. just done. He was in his eighties early and he was like, I'm I'm done. I thought I'm he finally tired. croaked. No, he was just I want to oh. retire and play golf. Well, they're never gonna get rid of Jeopardy, Chris. They're never getting rid of Jeopardy. Jeopardy no. has to continue. No. So that's why I'm saying you have to hang up the shoes. So you, you know, we we retired Bob Barker's shoes. We ain't trying to fill them. And then here's Drew Carey keeping the show alive, but trying to do his thing and serve away. And then eventually it works. We got to find what, what's the Drew Carey of Jeopardy? Ken Jennings. No, he's too much personality. You can't have. You can't be too forceful with the personality. You got to bring it back a bit. It's tough. It's reserved. This is Jeopardy, Chris. Thank you. You have to be reserved. You understand it's reserved. <laughs> Academic. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Trebek. That's a bummer. Well, there you go, guys. If you made it to the end, then this is your first time hearing that news. Holy shit. Sorry to... Bro- <laughs> Our bad. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you guys knew about this already. Hey, you got to hear us uh, discover on air. So, that's the end of the episode. Here is some incongruously upbeat fade-out music to go with the news of Al Trebek's death. <laughs> right? Right. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. A PFT Media Production.